season two of the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting podcast. You can attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-5208-0640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following share from Rich was recorded on March 30th, 2023. My name is Rich and I'm an adult child. Uh, Recovering, which to my understanding means um, the norm is chaos and drama and excitement. And um, the healing process through this program is learning to become a loving parent, which is all new to me. Um, And um, so we come here and um, share parts of ourselves uh, that I would ordinarily choose not to disclose. And um, I'm very grateful for this invitation. Thank you, TD. Thank you to everyone who is of service. Welcome to anyone who's new. Um, I know know for myself, if there's anything new I'm learning, it's, it's, it's scary, it's confusing, it's uh, uh, uncomfortable, awkward, and um, you know it seems like it's never going to end. But it 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 does it does work, and it does get better, and it, and at times it might even get a little easy. Uh, don't get used to that, though. <laughs> uh, probably for a good reason. Um, so um, I'm fifty nine years old and eight months. And the reason I'm mentioning my age is because by being that age, that means I'm four months shy of being 60. I've been in this recovery process. This is not intended to brandish medals or, or resumes in recovery. It's, um, I started this process just before my 30th birthday. And it's taken me this long just to get here. This is is my experience. This is my journey. Yours yours doesn't have to be like this. As we say in the fellowships, take what you like, leave the rest. And that's for good reason. So if I could just give a little brief history growing up, Nine children, I'm third from the youngest. Parents were together the entire time. Father was a raging alcoholic and ruled with an iron fist. Children are only seen if you're lucky. There weren't enough experiences that were loving, kind, and gentle and and nurturing for me to recall. My primary objective as a child was not to be seen in order to keep as safe as possible and um, to survive. And we sometimes call the laundry list traits, uh, the survival traits, or maybe I say that, I don't know. I 
So I don't know that. I, I don't know about the survival traits yet, the laundry list traits. So, um, and we grew up in a, in a, little, a little small town in Northern California, which I believe was, was nothing short of God already working my life. I like to say God, G-O-D. Um, my parents are originally from Texas and, and um, I, one of the things I, need, I, I practice is being careful not to backslide into the victim position. And one, uh, uh, um, and one of the ways I do that is um, regressing back to my childhood experiences. So I, I say cautiously, as I express and share what it was like coming out of that, that it's not my intention to point fingers at my parents anymore. Although the anger does go and come back. One day I'm okay with them and uh, my father's passed, God rest his soul, died an alcoholic. My mother's still alive. She's 91, I believe. Um, so it's not my intention to regress back to the victim position or, or, or victimhood. It's only my intention to state the chaos and the destruction and, and um, the um, lack of, of resources in regards to just being human. There was no rule that said, okay, we don't have any money. We don't have any education. We don't have the resources many other people have, but that doesn't mean we can't be human to each other. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Um, again, my parents are originally from Texas, and, and as a child, I can remember many trips, well, a handful of trips in a, in a vehicle uh, from Northern California to Texas. And um, as a result, I, I have never visited that state as an adult. Some of the backlash of, of, of some of that experience. Um, so as a child, I'm powerless. The two main um, caretakers, um, perhaps our children themselves, I don't know. I'm a child. I can't distinguish between me being a child and them being a child or a parent, only that somehow they have a tremendous amount of power over me. The one piece I do struggle with about home is the lack of education. It was amazing. Excuse me, let me re retract that. It was difficult to witness year after year as a child sitting in grade school, um, public school schooling, being left behind because I, it was, I was not capable of maintaining the same criteria as the other children. 
all the way through high school. Um, some some God shots in between that were grade school teachers. Shout out to the grade school teachers and teachers of the world who showed me some kindness, some understanding, some unconditional love. And, um, thank you, Renee. Um, that was extremely important. These little glimmers of light growing up. Um, we had extended family. Those were also glimmers of light, cousins, aunts and uncles um, who helped our family um, during the, those years. So as a child, I'm powerless. So as a teenager, the, the revolt, and I'm, I'm, we, I'll speak to a little bit more to that a little later, but uh, the teenager, becoming a teenager, I'm, I, I begin to notice uh, that I do actually have some types of power. For instance, lying. That's a power. And I use this in order not only to keep safe at home, but I begin to realize I can manipulate the outside world to some extent through lying. Now, I mentioned this because it's going to come into factor later. Uh, and then, of course, becoming, becoming uh, sexually aware because there was no education around uh, uh, sex, which was extremely confusing to watch the other teenagers in high school continuously uh, speak of it. And I had no clue what they were talking about. Which leads me into, uh, at the age of 19, I became a father. I had just really began to progress in my drug and alcohol addiction. And um, my girlfriend at the time being pregnant, um, just, I was engulfed in shame and proceeded to try to destroy her life because I was ashamed of becoming a father at su such a young age. Uh, that relationship ended, she took, she took sole custody of my son. Uh, I can progressed in my alcohol and drug addiction disease. Um, and then, like I said, um, just before my 30th birthday, uh, I was 12 stepped into a program. Um, where I tempt, attempted to get sober. Um, you know, that word sober has taken on a whole new meaning, a completely new meaning to me, especially coming into ACA. Uh, my first drug of choice, or no choice, if you may, if I may, was marijuana. I found this to, to marijuana to um, be my saving grace in regards to dealing with this internal rage that I was experiencing. Just utter hate for everything and everyone, including myself. Um, of course, my alcohol addiction too. Now, this may sound strange, but I never liked the taste of alcohol. 
but um, I had become an alcoholic. I only drank for one reason, and that was to medicate myself. So I get sober in this program from drugs and alcohol. And um, talk about confusing. I had no idea what anybody was talking about, and I had no idea why I was there. Um, actually, I do know why I was there, because I had nowhere else to go. Uh, the woman I was with uh, broke up with me. I had, for the first time in my life, I was living alone. And um, I was a 30-year-old man with the um, childlike mentality and the consciousness of a child. It was extremely painful being in that 12-step room. I really wanted nothing what anybody was talking about or any, anything that they had. I really didn't. Um, and again, by the grace of God, somehow a few people were nice to me and I was able to establish some level of community. Um, in the meantime, I'm still not in contact with my son or, or his mother. Um, and I went back out after about four years, I went back out short lived, but I went back out. There's gotta be an easier, softer way. And I went looking for it. And this would be the first of many, by the way. Uh, this is why I say that it took this long just to get here. Um, So I, I came back into the program and um, I can remember very distinctly this one gentleman. As a matter of fact, his, his, oh, I was gonna say his name was Bill. His name wasn't Bill, it was Bob. He was a very loving man. I couldn't stand him, but he was a very loving man. Um, I love him today. Unfortunately, his home burned down in paradise and he moved to the East Coast. Um, I came back and he said something to me that just really, really angered me. Um, I got to grow up a little bit in the um, Oakland Fellowship in California, which was very strong of another fellowship. And um, if we could get the Zoom bomber. <laughs> Zoom bomber, I'm gonna send you some literature. You need to be here just like the rest of us. Anyway, um, <clears throat> he said to me, Rich, I feel your pain. I don't know, I must have said something. Boy, that really irked me and made me very angry. But really what he was saying was, this is in hindsight now. You're not alone. We've all been where you've been. It's just your turn. You just got to go through this to get to the other side. I didn't know that. Um, 
but, but like I said, I, I was very fortunate and um, somehow established a community in Oakland, California of men and women in this uh, sobriety facility called Mandana House. So I arrived to this place still bitter, angry, resentful. And um, I don't know, some act of God just kept me there. And I got to know the community and I made a very strong fellowship there and, and um, for many, many years. Um, but I'm going to also say that I was not entirely sober emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And I'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, the fellowship being supportive and loving as they were, um, I think the slogan at that time was, we'll love you until you can love yourself. Um, over the years, I became weary tired and bored, which is not a good combination for a recovering addict. Um, I moved in with my girlfriend who I met in, with in fellowship. She lived away. Uh, she lived uh, uh, on the other side of the bay away from Oakland. And I slowly started not um, commuting back to the facility for the meetings, because at that time we were still meeting in person. I began regressing. Um, didn't notice that my intolerable situation became more and more intolerable um, to the point where I completely disconnected from the community, stopped going to meetings struggling to identify with any type of higher power. Um, began to sit in the director's chair again, which just is another way of saying I started taking myself well back. Little did I know that the, the laundry list traits were starting to emerge in my life again. Now, when I speak of when my experience of the, of the uh, laundry list means that I'm living life in deprivation, that I've regressed and merely surviving. Um, so we speak of one, uh, the fellowships all speak of one key component for recovery and healing. And that's honesty. Without it, you know, there's even a verse in the original program, uh, rarely are we seeing a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover do not have the capacity to be honest with themselves. Even those with the mental or emotional disorders have a chance to recover if they are, have the capacity to be honest. I am a living example of such that. 
So at this point, I've completely relapsed emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Um, I'm near divorce. Um, you know, what, what happens to someone who stops working a program? Their lives become unmanageable again. Let's see, what, what does the laundry list say? We live the standpoint from victim. Fear and abandonment run my life. Fear of abandonment and fear just in general. Um, I had heard about ACA um, as a result of being at some retreats and overhearing being in earshot um, from another member in the community. And I was struggling. I, I, I didn't have the faith in, in my old community anymore. And um, I was desperate. I became desperate once again. And I went to my first ACA meeting in Petaluma, California. And um, they were reading out of the big red book. Um, you know, so what do you just say to someone who's been through a couple of different fellowships already and has lost his way and um, trying to find his way back? I don't wish that on anyone. I've seen some dark places, and that's probably the darkest I've seen it in a very long time. Now, they say that our experiences are strength. Um, I prayed to my higher power, listen, um, I don't know if I have anything left in the tank here. I'm kind of running out of time, and I kind of need to find my place and, and um, move forward, if that's your intention for me. Now, I think I believe and experienced a higher, some sense of form or divinity working in my life, stepping in where I couldn't um, manage or take care of myself. But it's so interesting, as it says in some of the literature, how quickly I jump back in the driver's seat, whether it be the inner child, the teenager, and try to, I, I, what's the, I'll, I'll share a quick joke somebody once shared with me. Um, guy's looking for a parking spot, and he's driving around, driving around, driving around, and he sees a He's praying to God, God, please give me a parking spot. Please give me a parking spot. He sees a parking spot and says, oh, never mind, God, I got it. Trying to bring a little humor in because part of my disease is to take myself too seriously. <laughs> um, and a lot of what I've learned in program um, isn't coming from me, it's actually coming from the other members in this room. 
and uh, other members and other fellowships that I've learned from. I can't take credit for what I've learned here in these fellowships spiritually. For that, I am very grateful that others have gone before me. And I, ho I hope to hold the torch and the light for others. So ACA, um, again, learning new things, right? As we talk about the inner child and the inner teenager, the critical parent, the loving parent, learning to become my own loving parent. I was speaking with my sponsor last night. I said, I said, I was, I asked him, you know, about speaking tonight. And he said, um, you get to practice being an adult. And I said, that doesn't make any sense. The program teaches us to get in touch with our inner child. <laughs> so which is it? <laughs> he laughed and he said, I know you're kidding. You don't really mean that. I said, don't I? <laughs> um, so my hope for my for my recovery is that um, I learn to heal from these laundry list traits. That's the wounded inner child, the false self, the ego, the self-will. Whatever you want to call it, inner teenager. And for the record, my inner teenager is always walking around with an empty gas can just in case. So part of, my, part of the process for me is learning to tell him, hey, you know, you can put that down now if you like. We, don't, we won't be needing that anytime soon. So in the healing process of my truth, of my honesty, is learning to become my own loving parent because my entire life, has been about external sources to fill a God-shaped life hole. And, a lot, you know, I had to hear that, like, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred times over the years before I even really understood what somebody was saying. And for me, what's in that hole is, is the essence of my core. All fears begin and end with abandonment. And I can hold other people responsible for that, but that has never served me. That is the truth. The one person who stands any chance of healing that is me. That too is the truth. Do I want to do it? 
will I do it? And how do I do it? That's a up and down process. When things are going well for me, when I'm having, when I have slept well, when I've had a interaction day at work where people behaved, yes, I completely believe in this program and all the programs. When I get what I call, when I receive what my sponsor calls an emotional hand grenade from someone, I have a choice, quote unquote. I can receive it or I can get out of the way. If I receive it, more than likely I will regress to the laundry list traits. If I move out of the way, then I'm passing up excitement and choosing a solution or becoming my loving parent. Now you may ask, or I may ask, I ask, why do I have to be my loving parent? I didn't have them growing up. Why do I have to do it? I don't know. Somewhere in here, somewhere in this psychic change, this spiritual awakening, there's talk about unconditional love and acceptance, that the truth self reveals itself after a long absence. That is my hope for myself, honestly. I think I've done enough research and growing up in a lifetime to last a lifetime that if I had any doubts of trying to do things my own way resulted in more harm. That wasn't thunder. That was dice maker. If you heard that. <laughs> um, You know, I really wanted to say all these wonderful things to all of you tonight. I crammed, got the big book, I got my workbook. It feels like I haven't even read them. And I read them every week. And that's just a reminder to me of, of how powerful the nature of this dysfunction and disease is. 
So I get up in the morning and I get on a meeting and I read literature because I forget. And then I get up in the morning and get on a meeting and read literature because I forget. Then I get up in the morning, I get on a meeting and read literature because I forget. And that is the truth. I do not have the luxury of taking a vacation for my recovery or choosing to say, I'm bored, this isn't working for me anymore. It's not perfect at all. The communities, meetings, myself, my recovery, none of it is perfect. But as we say in program, my worst day in recovery was better than any day of me running my life. So I'm not really sure where I am with time, but um, I wanted to express some gratitude because I've been given an opportunity to be of service to some of these meetings, these ACA meetings. And it, it has really meant a lot to me. Um, I don't know what tomorrow holds. My sponsor reminds me that if I'm in the past, I'm in resentment and anger. And if I'm in the future, I'm in fear. So learning to be present is um, my hope also. You know, there's a lot of great literature in this, in this fellowship. I'm sorry, I can't recite any of it right now. Um, I could open the book, but you know, we don't, I don't need to do that. I'm sure all of you have the books. I meet with my sponsor three times a week. We work out of the, uh, loving parent guidebook. Um, I go to, to three ACA meetings a week. I go to three other meetings of other fellowships a week. And, um, I try to go to one meditation class a week also. Sometimes two meetings a week if I have enough time, uh, two meetings a day, rather. And I need it all. And I'm okay with that, with that, with that today. I understand that. I'm not always accepting of it, but I understand that's what I need. Um, so let me just finish with this. Um, Again, to be in the laundry list traits is a place of deprivation for me and living out my abandonment issues. To be in the source of the solution of this program to become my own loving parent is the spiritual awakening to my understanding. I'm not quite sure what a psychic change is. I don't think I've experienced one. Although I did tell my sponsor once, I wish God would just come down and, and do it for me. And he said, I don't think God wants you to get a free pass. Maybe you need to do the work. So work has always been something I've tried to sidestep. So I'm really trying to do the work now. Um, and I really appreciate this opportunity to be honest about who I am, why I'm here, and how I got here. 
Um, and so I'm going to actually finish with this, which is what came to me a couple of weeks ago. I have a lot of issues, but I only have one problem, and that's me. My name is Rich. I'm an adult child in recovery. Thank you so much.